From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on February 12, 2024, from South Carolina Public Radio studios here in Columbia. Regular listeners of the South Carolina Lead will know that we often talk about homegrown candidate Nikki Haley, former governor, former UN ambassador. So I figured we'd bring on a guest to talk about Nikki Haley, and who knows her better than Nikki Haley? Yes, that's right. All right. In this episode, we spoke with the former UN ambassador on a wide range of issues, including the latest incendiary comments from former President Donald Trump at his rally about undermining the NATO Security Alliance and Haley's husband, Michael, who is serving in the South Carolina Army National Guard in support of the U.S. Africa Command on the continent. We also have remarks from Trump's first rally in South Carolina since September. No, we won't bring you all 90 minutes of them, but we have some. Okay. Now, the lead loves hearing from everyone. That's why we have a voicemail box set up that you can call to share your thoughts, hot takes, questions, and more at 803-563-7169. We're interested to hear your feedback. Taylor, I mean, (laughs) the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. (laughs) Thank you, Taylor. Uh, So let us know. Let let me know what you guys thought of the Super Bowl, if you had any favorite commercials. I didn't watch any of it, so I have no idea what happened. I'm learning secondhand from AT who watched the Super Bowl on Nickelodeon. So let me know your hot takes, 803-563-7169. And if you don't want to talk about those things, you can always fill out a survey on southcarolinapublicradio.org slash lead survey and let us know your thoughts and feelings about the pod. We want to know. You can always find out more about the South Carolina primary, the latest news from the trail, and daily news at southcarolinapublicradio.org and scetv.org slash sc2024, your home for campaign 2024 coverage. And now, the music. And enough of the music. I said enough of the music. Thank you. Former Governor Nikki Haley, the only Republican standing between former President Donald Trump and the Republican presidential nomination, kicked off her Beast of the Southeast bus tour Saturday with multiple stops in the Midlands that day and one in Orangeburg on Sunday. She had two stops on Monday and three planned for Tuesday with more expected this weekend. But we caught up with Haley for our first sit down with her since last May. We hopped on board her bus and talked about a multitude of topics. Governor, thanks for making time for us on your of bus course. tour. We're in the final days of the South Carolina campaign trail, and I wanted to talk to you about a couple things we've been seeing and hearing uh, from your main opponent right now, of course, former President Donald Trump. We just saw him in South Carolina for the first time since September this past weekend, and he had some uh, multiple things to say, but one of them, we'll listen to a clip that he played uh, discussing your husband, Michael, and we'll play that clip right now. Then she comes over to see me at Mar-a-Lago, sir, I will never run against you. She brought her husband. Where's her husband? Oh, he's away. He's away. What happened to her husband? What happened to her husband? Where is he? He's gone. He knew. He knew. You mentioned your husband, Michael, at every campaign stop. He's serving overseas. Tell me what your thoughts were when you heard Donald Trump say that about him. I mean, obviously, as a military spouse, you know, you feel that first. I mean, we're incredibly proud of Michael. But we're also proud of every military man and woman who serves and their military families. It's a family sacrifice. And so the first thing I thought about 
obviously was, yes, my kids, his parents, you know, all of that. But you go to the bigger story. It's not personal in the respect of South Carolina is a strong military state. My brother was a veteran from um, Desert Storm. You know, Michael served in Afghanistan. Now he's serving overseas. It's a sacrifice. And the idea that this keeps happening over and over again from him, to whether he said in Arlington Cemetery, you know, what was this for? Or whether it's him saying they're suckers, or whether he's saying this about my husband. You can't say something like that and say that you respect the military. And whose shoulders do you think we stand on? Because it's every man and woman who's ever served, we stand on their shoulders because they believed in something bigger than themselves and they were willing to sacrifice for it. And to have someone mock anyone in the military is a problem. And it's another reason why he brings chaos and just division to everything he touches. Is that disqualifying for him to become president again? I don't even think you should have a driver's license if you talk bad about a member of the military. I certainly don't think you should be president of the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, Trump also calls you a globalist warmonger, uh, among other things that he says, who wants open borders. How do you respond to those claims when people say you want war? Everything he said yesterday at the rally was a lie everything. You can look at all of it. We can fact check every bit of it. We passed the toughest illegal immigration law in the country. President Obama sued us over it and we won. So you can't say I'm for open borders because I think we haven't done enough and I don't think he did enough. Then you go and you look at wars. You don't have a loved one in the military and want to see them go to war, but you obsess over preventing war. That's what I focus on is what do we need to do to prevent war? What do we need to do to make sure our men and women never have to go fight a war overseas? That's what I've always focused on. He knows that. But look, when you can't say the truth and win, then the only thing he knows to do is to lie to win. And, you know, that says more about him than it does about me. Well, Governor, it's been nearly two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. A lot of folks say that you focus too much on Ukraine instead of the southern border. How do you respond to that? What about Congress now, the Republicans in Congress, scuttling that bipartisan border deal that also had funding for Ukraine in it? First of all, border security is priority number one. America's acting like it's September 10th, and we better remember what September 12th felt like. It only takes one person to cause a 9-11 moment. You know, I think the border bill that they had, there was a lot of good in it. I think the fact that it strengthened asylum laws is hugely important. You know, under Trump, under the Trump administration, he let in three million illegal immigrants. That's because the asylum laws weren't strong enough, so we have to have that. The part where the bill was weak, was it didn't allow for Remain in Mexico. Very important to make sure no one even steps foot on U.S. soil. And it had a 5,000-person threshold. We don't even want one person coming over that's illegal. But what they should have done, there are two things that went wrong. One, Congress should stay in D.C. and not come home until they figure this out and get the job done. Two, President Trump does not need to tell them not to do anything until the election because you're putting every American in harm's way by saying that. That's the problem is he's more focused on himself than he is on protecting the American people. But Congress needs to do their job because they've, they've pushed the can down the road long enough and we can't continue to have what's happening on the border happen. But you would have supported that bill as it was, the way it was? No, I think we needed, I Those think they needed to go in there and strengthen it. It wasn't strong enough and we needed to do that. In terms of Ukraine, I'll tell you that the one thing about that is I don't think we should give any country cash because you can't follow it and you can't hold it accountable. But the reason people should care about Ukraine is because Putin said 
Once he takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. Those are NATO countries that immediately puts America at war. This is about preventing war. So I think we should support them, giving them the equipment and ammunition they need to win. We'll talk about NATO in a moment. Um, but do you think the Republican Party is falling apart under Donald Trump right now? You're talking about Congress, you're looking at the RNC. Uh, this race alone, I mean, what do you think? I mean, look at just this last week. You had Trump lose his immunity case, which he's got a lot of cases he's going to have to deal with. He, by his own words, has said he's going to spend more time in a courtroom than on the campaign trail. That's a problem. He spent $50 million of campaign contributions on personal court cases. The RNC is broke. I don't know how they think they're going to defeat Biden that way. Republicans lost a bill on Israel. Republicans lost a bill on the border. The RNC chair lost her job. Trump had his fingers in all of that. It's total chaos. We can't continue to live like this. We can't continue to go like this. And that's why in every general election poll, you see Trump does not beat Biden. You look at all of those same polls and I beat Biden about to 17 points. And you think about what a win like that would be, that's bigger than the presidency. That's House, that's Senate, that's governorships. But it's a mandate going into D.C. with a double-digit win to stop the wasteful spending and get our economy back on track, to get our kids reading and go back to the basics in education, to secure our border, not let them go home, no more excuses, and to make sure we prevent wars around the world. That's what we want is to have a strong and proud America again. Why can't folks quit Donald Trump then? What is this? I mean, look, I think that a lot of people see that when he was in office, he never got a moment's peace or an ounce of credit. I'm the first one to say I voted for Donald Trump twice. I was proud to serve America in his administration. But we have to look at the losses. He lost in 2018. He lost in 2020. He lost in 2022. How many more times do we have to lose before we say, okay, maybe he's part of the problem? We were just talking about foreign wars, and uh, he also made a comment about NATO, undermining the security of the NATO alliance. Um, we'll play that clip right now. They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. What's your reaction when you hear that clip, when you hear those words? It, it's irresponsible at best. And it's reckless to even imply something like that. Understand you're siding with a thug who invaded a pro-American, you know, freedom-loving country, and half a million people have died and been wounded because of it. This is the same thug, Putin, who kills his opponents. This is the same thug who has wanted to destroy us forever. I worked with Russia every day at the United Nations. They are not a friend of ours. They don't want to be a friend of ours. They are playing him like a drum, and he needs to see that. But the idea that you would put our friends in harm's way to help an enemy is unthinkable. NATO has been a success story. For 75 years, we haven't had war in the region. Russia has never invaded a NATO country. They've invaded Georgia, Moldova, and Ukraine because they're intimidated by the alliance. You don't weaken the alliance, you strengthen the alliance. Now, do we want those countries to pay more? Of course, but you don't do it by weakening. By what he just said, he put more Americans in harm's way. So do you think he trusts Vladimir Putin more than he does his own allies, America's allies? I mean, I talked about this in my book I wrote about during the administration. I had to go sit down with him and say, stop this bromance that you're having with Putin, because I saw the press conference that he gave, and he was trusting Putin, and he was believing Putin, and he had some sort of, like, 
I don't know, some sort of fan issue over Putin. And what you have to understand is the guy is evil. And the guy's never done anything to help America. He's always done everything to try and hurt America, including partnering with China, saying that they're, um, they're total friends, and with Iran. We don't want to be friends with someone like that. So do you trust Donald Trump then? I don't trust Donald Trump's judgment. Because if you're going to go and criticize military members and, and say the things you do about them, and you're going to go and praise dictators, that's not a winning combination for keeping Americans safe. Mm -hmm. So, Governor, you've been on the campaign for about a year now. Tell us about that, what it's been like. A lot of people, even here in South Carolina, remember uh, when you first launched your campaign back last February, didn't think you'd make it this far. A lot of people were even pressuring you to drop out before even ballots were cast uh, in Iowa at the caucuses or New Hampshire as well. Uh, what's your action been? What's it like been on the campaign? Trail? I've always been an underdog. It's the only thing I know to be. Um, and, you know, I'm incredibly proud of how far we've come. We had 14 people in the race. We beat a dozen of the fellows. We got one more left. We're going to work really hard to close this gap in South Carolina. Then we're going to go on to Michigan and Super Tuesday. This is about the fact I don't want my kids to live like this. I don't want anybody else's kids to live like this. America is better than what we're seeing now. You don't defeat Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. And you have to acknowledge 70% of Americans don't want a Trump-Biden rematch. The majority of Americans disprove of Donald Trump and a majority disprove of Joe Biden. And do we really want to look at a point where we've got a country in disarray and a world on fire and our two candidates be in their 80s? We don't want that. We've got to have a new generational leader, someone who can serve eight years fully focused to get things back on track. So is that what really motivates you? I mean, I know that does because you mention it all the time on the campaign trail, but when it comes to folks telling you to drop out or or any number of things, obviously you're still fundraising plenty of money in the bank. Um, is this more of a, a matter for you to say, I did everything I could to prevent the inevitable, and the inevitable being him losing to, to Joe Biden in November. So maybe in 2028 or in the future, you can say, you should have listened to me essentially and that we need to do this better in the future. No, this is not about a future run. That's not in the cards. That's not anything I'm looking at. This is very much about the fact that if you look at the younger generation, they see the debt and they don't know how it's going to impact them. They worry about whether they can find a job. They wonder if they can own a home. The average home buyer in America is 49 years old. The American dream is leaving them. We've got to make sure that we leave things in good shape for our kids and our grandkids. That's what I worry about, is I see all of the dangers around the world and the fact that it's becoming more chaotic. I look at all the division in our country, and we're getting further and further away from the values that made our country so great. I just want to help get it back to where it needs to be. I think every American family deserves that, and I think if I don't fight for that, then, you know, what's your purpose in life? I think my job is to, has always been to try and make life better for people today than it was yesterday. And that's, this is the way I'm trying to do that. And when you, when you do your fundraising swings, and you talk to folks, what are you telling them? What is breaking through to them to give you so much money? I mean, it's interesting that some people would think maybe things would have dried up by now, but there are still people giving you millions of dollars. What's getting through in your opinion? Well, I think first you have to look, these aren't like big donor, big wigs that everybody likes to say. I've had 250,000 donations 
from all 50 states. 95% of those are $200 or less. These are grassroots donations that we're getting from people who are tired of the chaos. They're tired of the division. They want to see Republicans and Democrats respect their taxpayer dollar. They worry about their kids. They want a country that's at peace and safe. That's what people want. And so when you talk about it and they hear it in a way that's one, normal, two, they know I've got an executive experience, but I've also dealt you know, at a foreign policy level where I dealt with Russia, China, and Iran every day, that's where they see us want to go. And so they encouraged me because they too have hope and faith for our country. And wrapping up here, Governor, we heard that you were requesting Secret Service uh, protection. Tell us a little bit about that, what's so credible, what, what you're facing on the campaign trail right now. I mean, when you when you put yourself out there, you're going to have threats. The threats have increased. Um, you know, we've had a couple of different swatting incidents. We've had some threats that have come across. It's been things that get uncomfortable. Have you ever been approached or anything ever happened well, to you? Well, we're not going to talk about what the threats are, <laughs> okay. but I will tell you, I'm not stopping. That doesn't slow me down. It doesn't stop me. You know, they filed for us to, to get that. We're going through whether we get it or not, um, because we think that this country, we have a country to save, and I'm going to keep on pushing. Mm -hmm. And then also looking at the folks that were in this race, too, Senator Tim Scott obviously was in this race. Yeah. He had a lot of money, and you're still here. He's not. Uh, any thoughts on him and how he's gone about endorsing former President Donald Trump, too? It's his decision. He's got to sleep with his decision. I sleep very well at night. And these other politicians that you've seen that have always underestimated you, your thoughts on them? I mean, look, him. I look at the South Carolina political elite. I never thought I was going to get their endorsements. I didn't ever try to get their endorsements. And the reason was, I know they're upset because I required them to show their votes on the record and not hide behind voice votes. I know they're upset because I made them disclose their income and pass ethics reform and show taxpayers who was paying them. I know they're upset because I've vetoed half a billion dollars worth of pet projects. I know people in D.C. don't like the fact that I want term limits, don't like the fact that I say if they don't give us a budget on time, they shouldn't get paid, don't like the fact that I don't think they should trade in the stock market. You know, all of those things I've always pushed against the political elite. That's why I've always been the underdog. It's because I don't get the establishment people. But I'm okay with that. I don't want the establishment people. That's not who I am at my core. At my core is I want to help every average American family make today better than yesterday. I don't care about whether the political elite like me any more than I cared about Russia, China, or Iran liking me when I was at the UN. I've always been very focused on who it is I serve. And I'm very mission focused on the fact that it'll be serving the American people. And we'll be going forward, right? Yes, <laughs> All right. absolutely. Governor Haley, thank you so much. Thanks so Appreciate much. It. Now, I did scoop myself here with that interview because that's going to air on This Week in South Carolina, Friday at 7.30. So you can watch that interview instead of just listening to it, get the whole experience. Wow. 7.30 p.m. on SCETV, as well as YouTube.com slash South Carolina ETV. Music stop. Music stop. Gosh, you gotta push the buttons around here too? Jesus.
Anyway, while you heard all those Trump clips in the interview with Haley, I want to give you more perspective on what he said during his 90-minute speech, including some Haley attacks and other statements. Awesome. Trump was before some 3,300 folks at the HTC Center at Coastal Carolina University in Conway. Go Chanticleers. And in this clip, it was the most explicit he's ever been about how he got Haley in his cabinet as ambassador to the United Nations. This is something he's alluded to before, and we've drawn the dots together on. And of course, it was a thank you to Governor Henry McMaster being the first statewide elected official to endorse Trump back in 2016, back when McMaster was just Governor Haley's lieutenant governor. Take a listen. She did a job. She was fine. She was okay. But I didn't put her there because I wanted her there at the United Nations. That was up to me. I wanted to take your lieutenant governor, who's right here, and make him governor. That's what I wanted. And I wanted you to have Peggy as a first lady. Get the best first lady. So that's I interested that too. Because this man, when I was campaigning for a long time, I got along with her, made contributions to the governor. She'd always called contributions for years. And then I decided to run and I said, one person I know I have is Nikki. I have Nikki Haley. Tricky Nikki. I have Haley. And so now I announce, and I call various people for endorsements. I don't think they mean much, unless it's my endorsement, right, Henry? It doesn't mean much. And she didn't return my call. This is years ago. Then I call her again and again. Finally, she returns. No, I'm sorry. I'm with somebody else. I won't tell you who, because it happens to be now a friend of mine. We've all unified and friends. But you know what? (laughs) It's not China. No. No, it's not China. But I had a man who, at the time, I didn't know, the lieutenant governor believed in Donald Trump. He believed in me. And I had the lieutenant governor, and the governor had some other candidate. And Henry, we blew that field away like nothing, right? And him, he and Peggy, at six in the morning, I said, who the hell is the guy? I said, that guy is campaigning like hell, your lieutenant governor. And I wanted him because I felt he deserved it. We won. And I'll never forget my speech. I said, I would much rather have the lieutenant governor than the governor. This is after we won. And everyone understood exactly what I meant. But he became the governor, and you're one of the most popular governors and maybe the best governor in the whole country. Clip stop. Thank you. A little bit of a long clip there, but just showing you that Trump loyalty that he prizes. And McMaster continues, continues to get paid dividends from that. But back in 2016, Haley endorsed Florida Senator Marco Rubio, which is what Trump was alluding to. And now, who is Rubio supporting? Donald Trump. Friends like these. Now, Trump also spoke of his handling of classified documents by saying that he has the power to declassify material as president, which you do, just not when you're not president. And Trump has said before that he did not declassify secret material that he had at Mar-a-Lago. Nevertheless, he said he will not seek revenge. We did everything right. Biden's thugs are still trying to put me in jail on fake charges for crimes that they openly admit that Crooked Joe did. He, he actually did these crimes. Now, I'm not looking for anything to happen to this guy. He wouldn't know the difference. I mean, I don't think he even knows the difference. <laughs> she goes, we are. <laughs> There'll be no revenge. No revenge. Does everybody agree no revenge? No revenge. But this is selective political persecution, not prosecution, persecution. 
If there was one shred of honesty or decency left in the radical left of Democrat Party, and there's not, but it's a radical left. They've gone so far off. Open borders, high interest rates, horrible what they're teaching your children in school. A woke military. We have a great military, but it's headed by woke people at the top. They're trying to change. It's not going to happen. Trump also spoke about the need to win big in South Carolina and the general election while calling Haley irrelevant. We got to win this thing. We have to win it big. We have to win not against her. That's irrelevant. We have to win it. We have to set. That's why you have to vote. We have to set a signal out to the whole world that come November, it's going to be different. And the reason we have the spirit is because we see how bad they are. If you like me, I love you. I love you. I mean, we've never lost here. We've never lost here. We won our primaries. We won our general election. We don't lose in South Carolina. But, but you know, I'll tell you, we have to send out the signal that we're not playing games. In November, we're going to win. We're going to take it all back. And this is sending out the signal, just like in Iowa, just like in New Hampshire, just like the Virgin Islands. You know, they said, oh, she really, she worked hard on the Virgin Islands. You know, she got nothing. The real problem facing our country is not Joe Biden's decline. The real problem is that Joe Biden is causing America's decline. He's causing it. Who the hell would allow people to pour into our country? Who would allow this to happen? He also mentioned President Joe Biden's mental state and called for cognitive tests, including for Haley to take one, something that she's also called for on the stump. The brain's not working too well. We got to put America, we got to put Make America Great Again. Oh, is that what it means? Because he doesn't know. If you asked him, what does MAGA stand for, he would not be able to tell you. And I've called for cognitive tests. I actually think anybody running for president should have tests. I think, and I pass them every time. Dr. Ronnie Jackson gave me the first one. Anybody running for president. I don't think Nikki would pass the test, I really don't. But anybody running for president, regardless of age, I think they should pass a test. Vice president, certain positions. They say it's not constitutional. I'd be willing to waive it. Let's waive that. But I think they should. Haley is the candidate of globalists and warmongers who want to spend trillions and trillions of dollars on endless wars. She's always in favor of fighting wars. You know, during my term, we defeated ISIS. We knocked out the biggest, the worst terrorists in the world. You know that. We took out the worst terrorists, the two of them. Now, you heard Trump there saying Haley supports war, and you also heard her response in our interview when I asked her about that specifically. So you can draw your own conclusion from both of them about who's right here. And Trump also talks about the aid and border security package that was blown up in Congress last week by Republicans who wanted the package before Trump said he didn't want to give Biden an election year win. I just put it out. They want to give like almost $100 billion to a few countries, $100 billion. And I said, and I'm, I'm telling you this, this is breaking news. We have breaking news. I said, why do we do this? If you do, you give them not $100 billion. You give it to them as a loan. It's called a loan. Give them the money. And if they can pay it back, they pay it back. If they can't pay it back, they don't have to pay it back because, you know, they're, they've got some problems. But if they go to another nation, they drop us like a dog, like a female drops a male after a date because he doesn't like her, right? <laughs> if that happens to our country, then very simply, we call the loan and we say we want our money because we give money and then they go to another side. 
There will be plenty more Trump and Haley for y'all in Saturday's podcast. That's not a threat. That's a promise. Trump will be holding a rally in North Charleston on Wednesday evening. So I will be spending my Valentine's Day with a friend of the pod, Meg Kennard, and a couple thousand folks. Actually, just kidding. I might not be going because the Trump campaign just denied my media request for credentials. So uh, we will see if yours truly and the power of South Carolina ETV and South Carolina Public Radio are allowed to go to the Trump rally. But a reminder again that early voting is going on. It's open and you can find out more about everything you need to know to early vote or just to vote on February 24th, which you can also do, primary day, at scvotes.gov. That's scvotes.gov. And thank you. Play music. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. And we're really glad you're here. A.T. Shire, producer of The thank Lead. You. Thank you. Thank you. Glad you're thank here. You. I'm glad I'm back in the studio. I've been on the road, studio. You've on the been road. recalcitrant been hitting re- the road exclusively. Uh, yeah, it's not the campaign trail. I'm just being recalcitrant. Yeah, you're just very I'm, recalcitrant. I'm withdrawing. Yes. Uh, no days off. Hashtag, Hashtag team no days off. Gavin, it's a every, bunch of nonsense. Every morning, Gavin wakes up, 4.30 in the morning. Ice bath. Grind. Shout Gavin, out tequila, Casamigos. Ice bath. He, he grind. gets so much inflammation just sleeping. He's just a big swollen orb. And so he has to ice bath, get take a polar plunge in the morning. I, once the bed starts getting cold, I know it's time for the ice Speaking bath. of getting swollen, I just want to update the pod. Let We're officially in hashtag third trimester for the Shire baby. Oh, applause track. That's here. right. Yes. Uh, baby. Oh. I'm going to bleep that, okay? We haven't, we, can't revealed, say the name, we haven't revealed it yet. But it rhymes with lead. <laughs> <laughs> it's lead. Her it's, name it's, is lead. L-E-A-D, it's, fool. It's Gavin Lead Jackson Shire. Yeah. And it's, it's we're going girl with it. Volvo, <laughs> Volvo Celsius. Yes, Volvo Celsius. Yeah, <laughs> Who, for uh, sure. Who have not returned my emails. Pathetic. I said, hey, guys, uh, hyper, hyper local celebrity here. Fueled by Celsius, driven by Volvo, as very produced in North Charleston. Very sick. Yeah, not well. Help us. Swollen. Help you. The swelling probably the swelling is from all the Celsius. And the it. different time zones can't help. <laughs> the pressure of the different vehicles. Exactly. Anyway, Gavin, speaking <laughs> of not retur- re- returning emails and calls, <laughs> we got a call, okay? And it's royalty. So are you ready? <laughs> yeah, always. Here we go. Play. Hello. This is... Your queen, Amanda, calling from Greenville. This is uh, my take three, trying to record this. Take one, too much noise. Take two, child interrupting. So hopefully take three will work out. So I'm calling today in reference to the Stanley's Cup. It was referenced a couple episodes ago. I'm not here to either defend or trash the Stanley, but I am here to chalk up another cup entirely, which is the thermos. So I learned recently the thermos is actually a brand. So I'm not talking about the brand thermos, nothing against that brand, but I'm talking vessel, vacuum insulated bottle designed to keep your hot beverages hot until you pour it into another cup. I don't like drinking out of metal cups, but the ceramic ones break. So I got this thermos to keep my coffee in and then I pour it into a regular ceramic mug at work, and it's wonderful. So if you're not wanting to drink your coffee in the car, but specifically want to drink your coffee at work out of a regular mug like me, this is just 
it's fantastic. I think more people should consider this option. Probably would work for cold things too. But putting your hot beverage in a vacuum inflated bottle and then pouring it into a mug. I think more people should consider it. Queen Amanda from hashtag Yeah That Greenville, my liege. Thank you so much for that call. My lord. Thank you, for Thank you for calling us little serfs, uh, uh, peons, as peasants. Ooh, we've gotten you some we, more crops, Gavin, Mom. He's been we've tilling fields, reaping. Could, Gavin's been doing a lot of reaping. Could perhaps we own the field now, Mom? Mayha- no? Mom? Mayhaps. Mom? <laughs> Thank you for the call. And Gavin has a lot a of crossover. Surf. I have a little bit of this, yeah. Gavin's got surf blood in him. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> dare you. Uh, my father gave me this podcast. With yeah, that is royalty. Um, yeah, we were just talking about being able to see what you're drinking. Gavin and also hates drinking out of metal cups. Well, I, you know, I love the plastics. I yeah. love the microplastics, like the macro plastics. Plastics, it's the future. I got yeah. plastic right here, 40 40% less plastic, which mm-hmm. I'm like, give me 40% more plastic. I mean, That's what people want. Yeah. I, they try to say that cotton is the fabric of your life. No, plastic. Oh, God. It says proudly sourced in Florida. you got to really read the labels before you buy water these days, folks. Um, but that means... <laughs> yes. Uh, I do like to see the... You know, like I like a wine glass. I like a clear wine glass, clear glass. Uh, you get some of these that are... You know, like a, you can't see through them. Like I was at a, I was at a restaurant recently, and they served a cocktail in this... Basically, like a mini urn, a black yes. pottery, cool little thing, but mini An urn. opaque urn. And I'm like, I, I don't know how much is left. I don't know how to pace myself here. I don't know if it's all going to come out at once. <laughs> I need to, I need to see everything. Don't want to be surprised. It was a great little cocktail tequila, if I can say that tequila. You can. Uh, We're sponsored. It was delicious, but <laughs> I had to have another one just to make sure. You know, I had to see it to believe it. Terramana. But yeah, <laughs> I understand transporting from the, from the metal. <laughs> To a mug. Also, the metal you can't microwave. They say you can't do it. I said no. I'm gonna he do it. He still does say, it. I still do it. They don't care. Gavin they runs a few it. forks through the microwave every now <laughs> and then. You gotta sterilize them. Yeah. <laughs> do not put any metal in the microwave, folks. This is a joke. You gotta say that these days. I will do it. Growing up, I had the sickest thermos brand oh, Ninja sponsor. Turtle. Thermos yeah, I that came that. in the lunchbox. And the cup was also the mug, was also the on bowl. On the top, yes. yes. And they were like fighting the Foot Clan on the <laughs> front. Yeah. I had that one and I had a Jurassic Park one with the T-Rex on it. You had everything. I, I longed to have such things. Yeah. Never. Well, I wasn't Did a you... twin, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> well, I didn't have to share with anybody. I didn't have to. Well, I yeah. had a little brother, but... <laughs> You got first dibs. I did, got first dibs. Did you have the plastic lunchbox too? Yeah. With like the, a cool like cartoon the scene on it? on the front? Yeah. They uh, were fighting the Foot Clan. It was awesome. All, the, I had all these, always one of these little things, never got them. And now I guess, you, you know, can buy it, it now. You can you buy it on the internet. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> I'm talking about formative development that did not happen because I was denied this. Mm, but mm, to which I say, to which, so to which our leaders have heard on the, this pod before me talk about my, my beautiful nephews. They're so beautiful. They're terrific little babies. Yes. But they get everything they want because Nick didn't have everything that he wanted. And now he, you hear me saying, I wish I had that. Did it make me stronger? No. I don't think so. Did yes, it make me problem. jaded? Yes. yes. Does it give me something to talk hey. about on my podcast that I inherited this, from my father? Yes, this is how you, this is, <laughs> this the is character, personality. This character, is character development to get your podcast. These kids, these kids <laughs> yeah, nowadays, they, they're they, never having podcasts. They're, they're just going to be like, they're going to wake up one day and be like, 
Where's my podcast, yeah, old man? Uh, no, you're not interesting, okay? You had the thermos. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Gavin, I think that yeah. lands the plane. Uh, no, don't say anything else. Don't say anything else. Have <laughs> someone that did have the thermos and that did have the thermos. Exactly. Okay, we're on the ground. Okay, we're on the ground. <laughs> say the outro, please. Go ahead and start clapping. Go ahead and stand up, even though we're not at the gate, folks. That's what you do when you get off. When the plane lands, you stand up and you clap. Let us know how you handle uh, <laughs> you handle flights by leaving a message like Amanda, Queen Amanda did, at 803-563-7169. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. And <laughs> end show. End show. End show. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Go away. Gavin Jackson. Go away. Gavin Jackson. Go away. That's the wrong microphone. I am Gavin Jackson. There you go. What a non-professional you are. I'm Gavin Jackson, host of the South Carolina Lead Pod. Hi. Hi. I'm sick. That's why I sound this way. I, I'm, I'm not sick. This is my normal voice. <laughs> this is my non-radio voice. <laughs> <laughs>